pain, acute or chronic pain, pain. Most Canadians can relate to having experienced some kind of pain. It's everyday pain. There's sexual pain. There's menstrual pain, all different kinds of pain. And it's a real pain to experience pain. Well, joining me on the line is Dr. Nardine Nakla. She's a pharmacist and professor at the School of Pharmacy at the University of Waterloo. And she's here to talk about Canadians' pain management for pain Awareness Month. Good evening, Dr. Nakla. Good evening, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining me on the program. This is such a common health issue. In fact, right now, I'm just getting over a little bit of low back pain <laughs> myself. I um, lifted a, a new paddleboard in its box and duffel bag and everything, and I just leaned over in the wrong way picked it up and, you know, had mild pain all week long. So I, I'm certainly oh, no, no stranger. I know. I'm certainly no stranger to pain. Um, and it, it does affect your everyday life, sleeping, everything, your mood. Um, but what is Absolutely. everyday pain? Great question, Maureen. And I'm so sorry to hear about that. That That is definitely a tough. Low back pain is very common and it's certainly unpleasant. So I'm happy to talk about everyday pain, you know, sexual and menstrual pain, but I think it's important to just define what pain is. And so the International Association for the Study of Pain defines it as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience that's associated with either actual or potential tissue damage in your body. So as you said, pain is um, something we all experience at different times, and it's always subjective. So every individual can kind of describe um, their pain differently. And unfortunately, there isn't any kind of laboratory test or imaging device that can be performed to assess someone's pain. So we really, as pharmacists and as clinicians, rely on the most accurate um, uh, and the, the most accurate description of pain from a patient to help us rule in and rule out certain types of conditions. So, you know, giving the most accurate and reliable um, description of your pain can really help us in, in helping you. Um, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, pain being classified as acute or chronic. So what you're experiencing right now, unfortunately, is acute pain, and that's your uh, body's alarm system. So what happens is it's, it's really, again, your body's alarm system, so it signals that there's been some kind of injury by tissue damage. So we see that with sports injuries or, you know, burns, for example, or trauma. Um, it's usually temporary, thankfully, and, and it resolves um, as the injury heals. And that can last, you know, minutes to several weeks at a time. Chronic pain is pain that persists longer than three months. And, and three months is kind of that number that, you know, we expect to see tissue healing occur within. Um, and so chronic pain really persists longer than three months, and it's pain that's not associated with malignancy. Very interesting. Um, you know, so as a pharmacist, uh, uh, people are coming into you, patients are coming in to you to ask your advice about their pain? Absolutely. So they come in all the time and they talk about, you know, some of the everyday types of pain, so things that could be caused by their menstrual cramps. Uh, Tension-type headaches are very, very common. Sports injuries are common. Uh, osteoarthritis, low back pain. Um, and even now, you know, some post-vaccine side effects, they can complain of some pain in their, in their arm where they receive the vaccine. So, yeah, patients present regularly in the pharmacy complaining of various types of aches and pain, some that are classified as acute and some that are classified as chronic. 
And so we really help them work through that and figure out what the best therapies would be for them. And so how common is this everyday type of pain that's just associated with, with life, basically? Sexual pain, menstrual pain, everyday pain, where people are just having, as you mentioned, injuries, um, you know, or they, maybe they move the wrong way, or sports injuries, headaches, that kind of thing. How common? Who's affected by it? Great question. Everyone. So there's a very high prevalence of pain in Canada, 76%, which is about three in four Canadians will suffer from various types of body pain at least once per week. And that includes, you know, pain in your muscles, your tendons, your ligaments, your joints, um, headache pain. So it's one of the most common conditions for which individuals will go and seek uh, medical care. It actually accounts for up to uh, 78% of visits to the emergency department, and that's according to both Canadian and U.S. surveys. So very common and occurs, at, you know, throughout the lifespan. So you know, nobody can really um, escape this kind of ailment. And what, what I didn't stress but I do want to make sure everyone's aware of is we have to realize that all chronic pain begins as acute pain. So we really mm -hmm. must try to manage patients during that acute pain phase um, in order to reduce their vulnerability to chronic pain. And we should really treat it as much as possible to maximize healing in order to reduce the chances of it progressing to chronic pain, which could really be quite debilitating. Wow, very interesting. Now, I didn't go into the pharmacy, but I wish I had in a way. Um, <laughs> what would you have said to me if I presented with low back pain from, you know, lifting something incorrectly, not using my legs. I just bent over in a rush, picked it up, grabbed it. Um, and what would you have recommended for an acute injury such as myself, low back pain? Interesting. So um, we would go through and get a very thorough history on you. And we would want to make sure that, you know, there was an action that was performed that caused this pain to come on. It didn't just come on spontaneously. We would ask about a number of what we call red flag signs and symptoms. Make sure that you're not presenting with anything that would be alarming or potentially indicative of something more serious. And then once we've kind of gone through all of that and established that so this is kind of an acute low back pain situation, we would recommend a, a variety of both uh, non-drug therapies and drug therapies as well to help you. But that would all be customized based on your medical history and your, and your current um, medications that you're taking because we have to be very careful to not give you something that you're already on or to potentially, um, uh, that could potentially lead to an overdose of a certain ingredient if we do that. So, we, you know, there isn't one answer to your question. It was, it's a very customized approach that we take that involves a thorough assessment and then uh, a plan that's individualized to you. But there's always going to be drug therapies and non-drug therapies associated with that as well. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine over-the-counter medications and, and maybe ice. But, you know, to be honest with you, I just... Let it, I just wrote it out this week. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought I didn't even do the ice. I didn't even do the OTCs. And, you know, no, probably no. took me a little bit longer to heal. Um, but, you know, so this sorry is a subject. Thank you. <laughs> I'm better now. Don't worry. I'll be back on the board okay. soon. Um, why is it important that we talk about pain? Because, I mean, really, I didn't tell anybody about this. You know, maybe I mentioned it to a few relatives, yeah. family members uh, might know, but you know, why should we talk about pain? Yeah, good question. So, um, and like you said, you know, before I even address this, 
so many will just deal with it on their own, right? And they won't, and it's just uh-huh. pain. It's common. I, I just need to suck it up and deal with it. And that doesn't need to be the case. We do, as pharmacists, we can recommend a number of therapies that can really help you. We have a number of ingredients, you know, we have ibuprofen and acetaminophen and things like that that can real, that have a very proven safety record and efficacy record for pain that can really help with that pain. And we really, again, want to prevent the progression towards chronic pain, which is why it's so important to talk about it. We want to manage it early and we want to effectively relieve it to prevent that progression towards chronic pain without needing to overprescribe when it's too late or dispensing more analgesics that are than necessary to control it or things that, you know, obviously with the opioid epidemic, we are now just more cognizant of what we're giving folks for pain. So we want to talk about it so we can manage it early, effectively treat it, and prevent the progression. It's also really important because pain places this emotional and financial burden on patients and their families. So if you're not managing it adequately, it can result in, um, you know, increased rates of like readmission to hospitals or more outpatient visits and just this reduced ability to fully function normally. So that would lead to, you know, lost income and perhaps lost insurance coverage that way. And so it's just this um, domino effect that we really want to prevent by talking about it more. My guest is Dr. Nardine Nakla. She is a pharmacist and a professor at the School of Pharmacy at the University of Waterloo. We're talking about Canadians' pain management for Pain Awareness Month. Thanks so much for staying on the line, Dr. Nakla. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, We pretty much covered that everyday pain. And um, one question I had, though, in terms of, for those of you who missed that I had a a slight acute injury last week by lifting something the wrong way, um, it did impact my exercise. But also, I noticed that when I got up and started moving, my back pain was better. How can exercise be impacted when somebody is suffering with pain? And, um, you know, how important is it uh, to in treating uh, back pain or any type of pain? Well, Maureen, you're very smart because that is absolutely something we recommend for low back pain, especially up and moving. It's that it's not good to lay down and just stay bedridden all day. So what you did was great for that. And exercise certainly has a role depending on the type of pain. Um, Sometimes, you know, certain sports injuries, you need to kind of lay off of whatever caused that injury. So, uh, you know, certain times it is definitely induced by running, for example. So you want to, you know, not run and do other things. However, exercise can play a beneficial role in many different types of pain. And one of the ones that comes to mind is menstrual pain. So uh, dysmenorrhea or painful menses, uh, cramps that happen with the onset of menses or with your period, those ones, you know, exercise is great. Regular physical exercise has actually been shown to help relieve some of the uh, menstrual pain that can occur. That's excellent. I I never would have thought of that. And who hasn't suffered with menstrual pains if you're a a woman, Um, which can be debilitating for many people, but you know, to think that exercise would be beneficial. How about um, uh, diet? Does diet play a role in terms of pain management? Yeah, and that's another good question. And just to speak to your other point about uh, menstrual pain, you know, it affects anywhere from 45 to 95% of menstruating women. So a huge portion of our population. And despite its really high prevalence, 
it usually goes underdiagnosed or undertreated. So that's a big problem. Um, but to speak to the diet piece, diet is always going to be important, um, whether we're talking about dysmenorrhea or other things. So, you know, the quality of your diet, how nutrient dense it is, uh, weight management, all those things are components of pain physiology. So having proper nutrition is really going to be required for all the cells in your body to function optimally. And immune cells are no exception to that as well. So to have strong immune system, to have um, for pain as well, all of that, you need really good diet quality and nutrient density. And so when it comes to dysmenorrhea specifically, so menstrual cramps, there's been lots of studies now that have suggested that increasing omega-3 fatty acids, which of course are found in you know fish and fish oil, that's actually going to lead to a decrease in the production of what we the, the prostaglandins that we know are going to cause the painful period. So you know diet can never ever ever be overlooked, um, even with pain conditions. Yeah, diet seems to play a role, and good nutrition seems to play a role in so much. And I did want to point out that so many menstruating women lose time at work. There's a lot of absenteeism around menstrual pain, which is also unrecognized um, by a lot of workplaces. And, and I think that's another reason that we need to talk about pain. It's such an important subject, and I'm so glad you're here tonight oh, yeah. to, to talk about it. Um, now, sexual pain. This is something that I actually deal with my patients with. Many postmenopausal women will complain of dyspareunia or painful sex. It will lead to low sexual desire. It can lead to intimacy issues and relationship issues. It can even lead to divorce. Is sexual pain something that women are presenting to you, uh, to pharmacists across the country, to talk about and to get treatment for? You know, they are, but oftentimes they're too embarrassed to speak about it. So we try to encourage our pharmacists to really get out there in the OTC aisles of the pharmacy and speak to people, people who are out there looking for pain relief, people who are out there looking for, you know, lubrication, any, anything like that, to speak to them about what it is they're trying to treat. Because we know dyspareunia, it varies. It can be up to 18% of the population um, uh, worldwide. And so... Like you said, it is something that um, does present. It absolutely happens, and it could be because of many different things, right? It could it could be because of certain medications that are known to affect your sexual desire or arousal that can make you know um, sex more painful. It could be because of certain conditions like endometriosis and other things. So. It absolutely is a thing, and speaking about it is how we're going to get to the bottom of really treating the cause of this pain. That's right. And when we talk about postmenopausal uh, pain, vaginal dryness or genitourinary syndrome of menopause, which includes vaginal dryness in that diagnosis, uh, along with uh, leakage of urine, uh, many women don't know what to do, and, and oftentimes their doctors don't know what to do either, but it's very important that they're treated with either a personal moisturizer, uh, lubricants during sex, or low-dose localized estrogen therapy. 70% of women experience vaginal dryness, uh, and only about 5% of women are treated. So this, I'm very passionate about this subject. There are lots of options um, available for women, but is this a conversation that you uh, encourage women to have with their physicians? 
you know what, I encourage them to speak to whoever they can, their pharmacists and their physicians, if possible, or nurse practitioners. And I think, um, you know, depending on the individual, they will get a thorough medical history. They may conduct a pelvic exam or order test. Um, pharmacists are going to review their meds and medical conditions to ensure they're not contributing to the pain. Um, and then we, we deal with that accordingly. We can refer at times. We could do other things. But absolutely, I always encourage all patients Speak about your pain, speak up, tell us what you're experiencing so we can get you what help you need. And, you know, things like menstrual cramps, those can be managed so easily in a pharmacy by a pharmacist because we know the drugs we have, like the ibuprofen, that's what's going to really help them if they're using it properly and dosing it at the time that they're getting their period and dosing it around the clock for the first, you know, three days. Um, other types of pain that can occur, like perennial pain, for example, after childbirth, that can be managed by a pharmacist as well. We have new products now with acetaminophen combined with ibuprofen in one product, so Advil plus acetaminophen, and that can do a number of things, make it easier um, for a person who maybe is alternating these drugs um, on the dose it on their own. It makes it easier to do it in a safer way. And it could be used for everything from, you know, those sports injuries, your low back pain, for example, um, to things like um, uh, perennial pain, uh, post-vaccination, side effect pain, all of that as well. Excellent. Thank you so much. It was fantastic information. And um, I really appreciate you coming on the program to talk about pain and, and how Canadians manage pain for this Pain Management Awareness Month. Really appreciate it, Dr. Nakwa. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. That was Dr. Nardine Nakwa, pharmacist and professor at the School of Pharmacy at the University of Waterloo.